What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today. As Draymond speaks a lot, as he usually does, the Dubs get ready to open up preseason basketball and one of our last roster reviews of the season. All coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. Hope you're all ready for this weekend we got coming up. Because, I mean, not only do we got the weekend coming up, we got the first look at your 2019-20 Golden State Warriors. A very different looking team than the last five years. Uh, A worse team. I think we can all agree on. But that doesn't mean... A bad team. It could mean a bad team, but we just don't know yet. There's so many question marks, so much up in the air with this team. But one of the things that isn't up in the air is the fact that Kevon Looney, with a hamstring tweak, is out for the first game of the preseason. Which I talked about on Wednesday seemed like the smart way to go. Especially for a guy like Kevon. You know what you're getting in the regular season. You know what you're going to get from him even though he can potentially take another step. Missing the first game of the preseason is a big deal, is not a big deal. Uh, It's about getting him healthy. Alan Smilagic, on the other hand, the other big who rolled his ankle, uh, this one looks to be way more serious. And we don't have an exact update as to what it is or how long it'll be out, but it's it's substantially worse, I think, is what what Steve Kerr said. And uh, it'll be a while before we see him. And he wasn't part of the plan as far as the rotation goes, but once Kevon Looney goes down, then you're starting to try and see who can fill fill minutes. And Smiley Geach was going to get an opportunity, but not anymore because now he's hurt. So Steve Kerr did confirm uh, something we talked about on Wednesday's podcast that Amari Spellman will get the first crack at starting center uh, in the preseason. And that's because of the injuries to Kevon Looney, Willie Cauley-Stein, Alan Smiley Geach. They're all down. And it's the last last option, honestly. Draymond said he could play some center too, but you know we we believe they're going to try and limit him this year and his minutes at center. So it's going to be Amari Spellman to to start on Saturday. And again, it's preseason game number one. If this was the regular season, you'd be a little more eh, worried, I guess. But here's the other thing: if Amari Spellman comes out and and kills it. I won't be too worried. Again, he's a different type of center. He's not the not the pick-and-roll type. He's more of a Mo Spates, pick-and-pop type. But he's a big boy also. So we'll see how it goes with him. Marquise Chris is going to get some run at center as well. And, you know, as far as the future of the roster goes, I don't know. But the bottom line is this: these are great opportunities for these two young players. But, like I've been saying, it's going to be tough for Marquise Chris to make the roster, obviously because of the roster restrictions and the hard cap, etc. But, again, it's an opportunity for him to show out, uh, not just for the Warriors, but for, you know, the 29 other teams. So, 
Let's see what he can do with this opportunity. Same thing with with Spellman. Draymond Green spoke to the media today and had a lot to say, per usual. And uh, one of the things he was asked about is Amari Spellman and him getting time at center with all the injuries around uh, the center position. Spellman is your only healthy center right now. What, what, do you, what have you thought about him? I'm healthy. How much do you think you're going to play center this year? Uh, I mean, it's kind of, like you said, a different roster that it might is make it challenging. Um, but I'm a pretty good center. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you think of Spellman? Uh, I like him. He's very skilled, very talented, bouncy, um, and he's passionate. And so if he can figure it out, which I think he will, uh, it's obviously on some of us to help him with that. I think he can be really good. I love it from Draymond. He'll just take anything as a slight. Uh, you know, Spellman's your only healthy center. I'm healthy. I can play center. I'm pretty good at center. You know, he's not going to let that slide. Uh, but, again, it's Draymond's not going to be playing center in the preseason and pretty rarely in the regular season, I would say. Uh, Draymond was also asked about one of the newest additions, the biggest new addition, D'Angelo Russell. Here's what he had to say. He doesn't really get sped up. Kind of stay at his pace, get to where he wants to get, and get his shot off. Uh, and a great guy. Want to learn, which is exciting for an old guy. Like myself, I'm not old yet. But no, you know, just he he wants to learn. That's exciting. Is he really pretty talkative um, off the court? Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, you ever kind of seen his personality a little bit yeah. through social media, maybe? Yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. Good guy. Right? You know, oh, he's quiet. Got a little shy. Ain't quiet. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't just like loud mouth, but he ain't just quiet either. Good dude, though. Has he picked your brain at all defensively? Oh, yeah. Offensively, defensively. You know, just talking and figuring out what he like to do, figuring out what I'm going to do. It's good. It'll be fun. I'm excited about it. Should be a good year. Different year. But different is good sometimes. I think it'll be good in this this time around. So kind of interesting, kind of vague description of D'Angelo Russell. But I do like how he brought up uh, how he doesn't get sped up. He just goes at his pace and gets to where he needs to get. It's kind of kind of reminds me of James Harden, uh, just in the sense that he's goes at his pace. It doesn't look explosive. It doesn't look overly athletic, but it works. And that's kind of D'Angelo Russell. And then as far as personality goes, He's a good guy, <laughs> like Draymond said. He's a good guy and uh, wants to learn was what Draymond liked. And it's so funny when Draymond also mentioned being the old guy on the team. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just funny that Steph, Draymond, and Clay are the three oldest on this team. Uh, that'll probably change next season, but for right now, I don't know, kind of humorous to me at least. Uh, Draymond also spoke about uh, why he has high hopes for this team and that it really comes down to uh, basketball IQ. Uh, you can teach some things about basketball, but you can't really teach IQ. Um, you can teach people what to do. However, you know, this seems to be a pretty smart team. Like, it's not really any idiots. You know, some teams have got some idiots. It's not really any idiots, so that's good. Um, but everybody seems to be able to think a little bit. So that's great. 
I am with Draymond. It is nice to not have a bunch of idiots on your team or workplace or just around. So I get it. Uh, he's right about that. And the high IQ. I mean, IQ is so important because I do believe that you can learn some things that high that basketball IQ can be taught a little bit, but not to the extent that you can improve on physical things. You know, the mental stuff, I think the improvement is only so much. You can't go from a very low IQ to one of the top IQs in basketball. And even though it is as hard as it is to change your jump shot, there's examples of guys who had terrible jumpers becoming some of the better shooters in the game. Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jason Kidd. I I know those are extreme, but I don't have any examples of someone being just lost on the floor uh, and then all of a sudden figuring it out. So I, that, that's where I'm at with it. So it's good to have players with uh, high IQs or at least above average basketball IQs. Draymond was asked about also just how different this team is and uh, how this first week of training camp has been in the Chase Center with a brand new team. Just the lack of familiarity. You know, you get used to a certain thing for so long. And then it's not that. It's different. And like, so it's, you know, it's, you know, the normal reads that you would make, that's kind of second nature. You got to make sure they're there. You know, you got to, it's just a lot more making sure everyone's on the same page or getting everybody. Everybody's not on the same page, which is to be expected. So just getting everybody there. It's the difference. And finally, Draymond was asked about his new basketball life in San Francisco. It's something that I mentioned before that, yeah, the Chase Center is going to be amazing and it's all going to be great. But at the same time, for at least Steph, Draymond, Clay, and Kavon, it's well, Jacob Evans, too. He was there last year. It's uh, a brand new situation. You know, some of them had to move, some of them had to get closer to the facility. Some of them had to make sure to be past the Bay Bridge so they don't get hit uh, with Bay Bridge Bridge traffic every day. Uh, Brand new facility, brand new routines and things like that. So as great as everything is, the the transition isn't always seamless. And Draymond was asked about that. Um, Just kind of figuring it out. Uh, You know, figuring out your routine. um, You know, all that stuff. At the end of the day, it's a basketball gym. It's an arena, right? Played in the movie arenas. I'm gonna be like, oh my god, you're in the new arena. Alright. It's all the other stuff that y'all don't see and figuring that out. As opposed to, you know, getting out here. Like that's the easy part of it. Um, so it's just figuring everything else out. Figuring life out. I feel like a rookie all over again. Just trying to figure my life out and you know, moving and where to go or how to beat traffic. Like I feel like a rookie all over again. Me too. <laughs> so, you know, this, this training camp has been interesting from that perspective for me. It's like, I haven't felt like a rookie in a while. I feel like a rookie again. And Draymond nailed it. It's not the basketball. It's Once the ball is tipped, it's a, it's a basketball court. It's an arena. They've played in hundreds of them. Okay, maybe not hundreds, but they've played in a lot. It's all the stuff outside of it. Your commute. You know, your routines, all that stuff is different. So as great as the Chase Center is, it is going to be a transition. We'll see how it goes with the Warriors and if it actually affects them past just 
you know, their their day to day doings. We're going to continue our roster review in just a minute, but first, Manscaped is the number one men's below the belt grooming site. Go to manscaped.com and enter the promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off of your purchases. That's manscaped.com, promo code L O C K E D O N to get 20% off. Roster review part six. We're getting into some of the guards now. Uh, before we get to the big four, so to speak, for the Warriors, we're going to be talking about Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole today. Both guys who I think can be contributors and are going to need to be contributors for the success of this team. Now, the Warriors haven't been in this position in years where, yes, if Jordan Poole and Jacob Evans are able to contribute immediately and be legitimate NBA role players, they have a chance to make the playoffs, which is awesome. But what's even more important is just that these guys progress into these roles, uh, that they get better this year. If they're not role players yet, that they are advancing to that point. And if that's what you get from them this year, like that's a that's a that's a win. If you get the the actual production on the floor, that's that's stolen money. That's huge. But for them and for the Warriors, it's about the future. And that's one of the most interesting things about this season is we just don't know what a team with Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell can do because we haven't seen it. Maybe that's all the firepower needed. Or maybe they need a lot more help. I don't know. That's one of the most interesting things. And not knowing how much help they're going to need from these ancillary guys like Jordan Poole and Jacob Evans is uh, is part of the intrigue of this season. So I'm going to start with Jordan Poole. He was the 28th overall pick by the Warriors in the first round this year. Seemed like a reach. But for what they were looking for, hit the skill set, he was the next best player. For a guy who can create his own shot, hopefully be a consistent three-point shooter, uh, all those reasons, he was the next best player available. Were there better players overall? Yes, but the, the, the problem is none of them have the offensive ability, the scoring ability that Jordan Poole does. So in his first year at Michigan, he played 38 games, uh, was 37% from three, Nine, excuse me, six points a game and uh, only just about half an assist. So he was a bench player in his first year. In his second year, 37 games, started all 37 of them, shot 37% from three, 12 points a game, uh, one steal, two assists, three rebounds. So once he started getting starters minutes, the stats kind of uh, blew up as strong, but they 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 match the minutes where when he was a bench player it's you know it's hit or miss. He is a smooth ball handler. The jumper looks smooth. Uh, during summer league, he was coming off a of screen similar to how Clay Thompson does it. The problem is the shots weren't falling, and that's kind of the biggest deal with him. It all looks smooth. It all looks natural. You would imagine soon enough they're going to start going in, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some inconsistent games from him. Um, there's going to be games where he goes three or four from three and gives you double digits and is a huge boost. And there's going to be games where he probably looks unplayable. And that's just the reality of the situation. It's not, 
you know, I'm not bashing him or anything. The reality is he's a rookie. He's the 28th overall pick, and you usually don't find immediate contributors at that pick. But we'll just have to wait and see. But as far as he's concerned, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. That's the thing that Steve Kerr has talked about. This year's about development. And even though we saw over the last couple of years where Jordan Bell would make a mental mistake and Steve Kerr would pull him and not put him back in the game, and then we wouldn't see him for a handful of games after that, he doesn't have that luxury this year. Jordan Poole makes mistakes. You're going to have to let him play through it. You're going to have to let him keep going and try and figure it out on the fly because he needs to develop and you got no one else. So he's going to get minutes at that backup uh, shooting guard spot. And if Jacob Evans at the point guard doesn't work out, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jordan Poole get some run there also. So he's, he's important. He's important. The biggest thing for him is his shots need to fall. And then with just about everyone on the team, can you, can you play some average defense? I know you're not known as a defender, but can you play some average D? And we'll we'll see. Not been his strong suit, but he is athletic enough that I think he can be a, a fine NBA defender. The person who is the backup point guard ahead of Jordan Poole is Jacob Evans, and we're going to continue our roster review in just a minute. Jacob Evans, the second-year player out of Cincinnati, was also the 28th pick in the NBA draft, but that was in 2018. He is known for his defense, and from what I've seen, it's it's real. You know, is he going to be an all-league defender at some point? I don't know, probably not. But he's a guy that's known for his defense, and it's, it's legitimate. He's 6'6", 210. He's got good size for either backcourt spot, and he can play some three if need be. And we'll probably see him get some time at the three just because he's probably one of their best wing defenders, if not their best wing defender, uh, to start the season. He played a number of games in Santa Cruz. I'm not going to go over his Golden State Warriors numbers because they're so flawed. You know, a lot of, 90% of it was garbage time. But with Santa Cruz, he played 21 games, started 16, uh, had 26 minutes per game, shot 44% from the field. 30% from three and was 79% from the free throw line, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, one steal, one block a game. So just like a number of other people, but especially for Jacob Evans, because his defense is real. It's that three point shot, man. He shot 37% from three in college, which is solid, but it's college. Again, I hate the college three-point line because it just doesn't transition to the pros very well. But if he can knock down threes at a respectable rate to pair with his defense, he's going to get time whether the backup point guard experiment works or not. Now, he did get some run in summer league as the backup point guard. He looked good in transition, but then when he wasn't in transition, he turned the ball over a whole lot. So they're going to continue to try it. I don't know when they'll pull the plug on it. You know, is it something they're going to try the entire year and then decide if this didn't work out or, or, or what? It'll be interesting to see once how, how long of a leash he has the backup point guard. But again, out of necessity, he's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to be the first, I think personally, the first wing, first, uh, 
first backcourt player off the bench. Because they're going to need his defense. They're just going to need his defense. And the reason why I think he could get time at the three, best wing defender, only option you got against guys like LeBron, which LeBron will eat him alive, but at least you'll have a competent defender on him than LeBron eating alive someone who just can't defend at all. So it's going to be interesting to see with these two guys who, look, if they come in and play above their heads, that gives the Warriors a real shot at the playoffs. And like I said, it's just a question mark. I mean, we've never seen Steph and D'Angelo Russell play together, so maybe that is enough. But I still think they're going to need help from role players, and those are two important role players uh, to help get them over the hump. So we will see. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out tomorrow's game against the Lakers, and then I'll be back next week with more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.